You are listening to The Arrived Podcast, episode number 58. Hello, lovelies. I'm Bethany Reed Peterson, and you are listening to Arrived, the podcast all about helping you find your voice, tell your story, and create space for what matters. As an interior designer and now a coach, I've discovered that no matter who we are, we've all got one goal in common. We all want to feel like we've arrived. Hello, 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 my lovelies. Welcome back to Arrived Women's History Month Tribute. Okay, I've got a question for you. You work hard in your business. We all know this. You have an amazing, life-changing offer or service or product or book or podcast or any combination of the above, and you are super passionate about what you are contributing, and you are at the point where you're like, I want to get up on my goddamn pulpit, and I want the world to know about this. Are you with me? (laughs) Your social media following is going strong. You have a decent stream of clients and customers, and you still feel like something is missing, okay? Something is missing from that small business puzzle when it comes to having your own voice be heard and disseminated far and wide. And we're not talking about podcasting. We're talking about PR, my friend. Today on the show, I am so excited. I have got the goddess of PR, if you will. I've got Kristen Marquet coming to town on the arrived. Kristen is giving us the lowdown of how to work your best PR angle to build not only your credibility and your thought leadership, but also your freaking business by leveraging the power of media coverage. I loved speaking with Kristen so much. We had such fun. And the thing that I came to very quickly realize about speaking with Kristen is that like pretty much every other New Yorker, she does not blow smoke. This woman tells it like it is. She tells it straight. It is pure freaking brilliance because this woman knows her stuff. Kristen has been a publicist and a business owner herself for more than 14 years. As the owner and creative director of Marque Media, Kristen oversees the daily operations of the business while executing client campaigns. Throughout her career as a publicist, Kristen has developed partnerships with leading brands and entrepreneurs. Kristen and her clients have been featured in the likes of Inc.com, Forbes, Fortune, The Wall Street Journal, Entrepreneur, Thrive Global, and many, many, many more. Kristen also serves as the editor-in-chief of Femme Founder, which has a readership of over 1 million people. So follow along with Kristen and me today to learn how to rock your PR game. All right, without further ado, let's crack on speaking to Kristen. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on to Arrived today. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. 
This has been such a serendipitous meeting, I have to say. When you reached out to me, I was so excited, uh, not only because we're running the show for Women's History Month and you have an amazing company called Femme Founder alongside Marque Media, but for you know purely selfish reasons, I am at the point in my own career where I know I need to start kicking it into high gear with PR. And so hearing from you was just like, yes, I know that if I'm having these questions, I know listenership is going to be having or are going to be having these questions. It's like a match made in heaven. So thanks for being here. Tell me firstly about a little bit about your story. How did you fall into publicity and PR and what excites you about this industry? So interestingly enough, I had a very um, zigzag type of career. My first job out of college, I was marketing manager for an international law firm because at that point, I actually thought that I was going to be going to law school. After working there for a year, I said, no. I said, this is not what I want to do. Plus, my husband's an attorney, so that's that's enough. <laughs> One attorney in the house is enough, right? right. <laughs> uh, so, so then after that, I started working in management consulting, and I worked in worked for that company for four years, one of the larger management consulting companies. Then the financial crisis happened, and I lost my job. Actually, everybody in the Northeast, my, my office in the Lipstick Building in New York City actually closed. Wow. So it was a really trying time, but I had the opportunity to find a job or start a business. And against all my friends' advice, I decided to start an agency. And um, it was the, the first couple of months were kind of crazy because I was freelancing and I was trying to figure out what industry I wanted to serve and kind of what area of digital marketing I wanted to be a part of. And publicity just kind of became a natural fit. So the last, let's see, we're in 2021 now. It's been 13 years, 14 years wow. that I've been on my own. And uh, it's it's been an interesting trajectory. You know, I've had my challenges trying to find the right clients. But the last couple of years or so, you know, everybody that I've been working with, primarily female entrepreneurs, they've kind of become like my best friends, you know, I'm in contact with them all the time. And four years ago, I actually started Femme Founder as an offshoot of Marque Media. It kind of started off as a passion project. A lot of prospective clients wanted to figure out how to get media coverage. But a lot of the times, you know, they didn't want to spend five, ten, $15,000 a month on hiring a PR firm. So that's kind of how the Femme Founder brand started. And now it's a fully integrated media company. And, you know, I have a team working on that and it serves as an educational resource for female entrepreneurs that want to learn the basics of publicity, but they don't want to commit to hiring a PR firm or a freelancer. And then, you know, we also have the From Nameless to Notable course, which is PR 101 and gives you everything that you need to know so that you can start pitching yourself right out of the gate. I love this. A, I love that you have this really interesting value ladder of services. I think that's amazing, right? So all of your clients or your students in the course, let's say, um, everyone that is working with you has the same problem or that they're coming to you for the same pain point and that is to gain more exposure. But they're maybe in different points of their career or different points in their trajectory, let's say, or um, levels of accessibility with working with you one-to-one. -one. So just as a total aside here, as we get started today, I love that you do have this different value ladder of services 
but that's helping the, let's not say the same client, but the same, that's solving the same problem. So that's really interesting. And you mentioned PR 101. So let's chat PR 101. Firstly, what are some of the benefits that media exposure and PR can have on a small business? I'm so glad that you asked that. First of all, PR, publicity, media coverage, whatever you want to call it, carries so much more weight and so much more credibility over an advertisement. It's the perfect form of social proof. So just think about this. If you end up reading about a new restaurant or nightclub that opened in New York, let's just, because we both lived in New York. Right. <laughs> and let's just say we read about this new restaurant or this new nightclub in the New York Times or Vogue.com, and it was purely editorial, and it was a really great review versus actually reading an ad about the restaurant or the nightclub. What right. is going to be more attractive to you? So that's one thing. The whole credibility factor carries so much more weight in the eyes of consumers and stakeholders over paying for any type of media coverage. So that's one thing. Another thing is that once you end up getting some low-level media coverage, it makes it a lot easier to get larger media coverage. You get more and more opportunities. It's so much easier to leverage. The other thing is you actually attract the best talent. That's actually been one of the best things for us. Being featured in Fortune and the Wall Street Journal, I've actually been able to attract some of the best talent and retain some of the best talent. Just think about if you end up reading about a company in The Economist or The Financial Times, The Wall Street Journal, Fortune Forbes, as a potential candidate, you're going to be more attracted to apply for an open job opening at that company versus some small Joe Schmo company that you just read about on Indeed. Mm -hmm. So there are so many benefits that media coverage publicity can have on your business. And those are just a few examples. So I can absolutely see more clearly up front why, of course, yes, that I think that restaurant example is wonderful and why it's going to be more effective than the ad, right? So that all makes a lot of sense. But the one thing I really did not consider is the aspect of attracting not only more, but better talent to your organization from that exposure, from that media coverage. I think that's really huge because we all know that hiring and recruitment is a big deal. We want to get it right. Um, and that's an added benefit to getting this exposure in not only just the low-level publications, but in, in these, these wider-ranging publications. But that's an interesting point too, actually. It's like once you get that little bit of lower level exposure, your credibility rises, and then you're more attractive to these larger outlets that you mention. I'm also thinking about social media, because I think a lot of listeners might be saying, well, but I'm on social media all the time, right? So why do you think that media coverage is an important element specifically for startups and that marketing maybe as well, let's let's say alongside social media. That's actually a really good question. And I'm just going to say throughout the many years of doing this, publicity plays such a huge role in the credibility factor that if mm-hmm. a company, you know, uh, is looking to raise money, whether it's pre-seed, seed, series A or series B, if that company has 
features or some type of coverage in national media, it's going to make it that much more attractive to investors, whether they're VCs, angels, so on and so forth. So that's why media coverage is such an important role in growing a business's brand and reputation. Actually, more recently, I want to say probably 60% of the companies that I've worked with um, and that Mm -hmm. I'm currently working with want to raise money. They want to get VC money. And the publicity piece or the media coverage piece, whatever you want to call it, really is a game changer in terms of attracting the attention from VCs. Even getting into an incubator or an accelerator If the founder can get some type of expert commentary or become a contributor to Forbes, it's going to make it that much easier for them to get the money they need to build a prototype, an MVP, so on and so forth. So the financial piece plays a huge benefit as well. Again, that's not something that I had even considered. Venture capitalists want to put their money behind the people that are contributing, that are voicing do have a a face in the public eye, so to speak. And that's a really important point. And also I would say too, and you can you can tell me what you think about this. For I mean, consider we're talking financials. Do you think that just as your business, your offer is going to look more attractive to uh, venture capitalists, for example, if you have some exposure, would you also then say that you could charge more or you could raise your rates with more exposure, with more top media coverage? Absolutely. I think that plays a huge role. For instance, I have a client of mine that I've been working with since the beginning of time. She is a psychotherapist and she's been in Oprah and Inc. and Entrepreneur and Forbes and Allure and all these different media Mm -hmm. outlets And since we've started working together, her rates have actually quadrupled and she's raising them again because she is that sought after thought leader. Yes. So absolutely, the more coverage you have, the more you're going to be able to charge. That's especially true for service providers and agencies. The same thing for coaches, the same thing for speakers and authors. So absolutely. That makes a lot of sense, right? And I think those two words, sought after, if you're more sought after in the media, for example, because you are contributing articles to top publications, it would then make sense that you are going to be more sought after by clientele, customers, et cetera, and then commensurately raising your rates or fees because of that. So really, it just feels like a win-win to raise your PR game, let's call it, right? If you're if you're a small business or a startup. So here's where I I can just hear listeners in the background going, okay, but Kristen, I am a really small startup. Let's say I have a small social media following right now, or but how is my story unique enough? Or but my website's not ready to, you know, like all of these, let's say roadblocks, these mental roadblocks that I think maybe especially women business owners come up against, what would you say to some of that mindset stuff that can really come up? Like how can we think of ourselves with the platform and the voice that we have now? How can we pitch ourselves to these organizations? Absolutely. So 
It starts by looking at what makes you and your brand everything newsworthy. Are you launching a book, a new product? Are you opening a new office, making a new hire? I mean, there are countless ways to figure out what makes your business newsworthy, what's unique, mm-hmm. um, why would the media, why would anybody care? So that's that's the one side. The other side is actually looking at what makes you credible. And that is what makes you trustworthy and why people should buy from you or why should the media write about you. So there's the unique side of figuring out what makes you and your business newsworthy. And then the other side is credible. Why why should people believe you? Mm-hmm. Why should people, consumers, media, see you as more trustworthy over your competition? And... Mm-hmm. There are many different ways to make yourself credible. And actually in the course, I go over what those items are, kind of what your credibility markers are. There's like a list of like 30 of them. And for the newsworthy side, there's like over a hundred. Wow. So yeah, it's combining the two and making yourself look attractive and trustworthy and essentially make people think about why they should work with you or write about you over everybody else? What can you offer that is different from all the other BS out there? Right. Okay. So if I'm considering this correctly, A, well, I think you make a brilliant point here that newsworthy and credible are two sides of the same coin, but they're not the same. And that newsworthy is what makes you unique, what makes your story or your voice unique. And what makes you credible is your no love and trust factor, how you're building up your integrity with your exposure, with your messaging. Am I right on that? Absolutely. You nailed it. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's super interesting. I think that's just a really important point that you make. All right. I know you've got the course, and so I don't want to ask you to divulge all your secrets, right? But I know (laughs) listeners are going to be like, oh, come on, Kristen, just give us a couple, right? So what would you say maybe like a couple things are that listeners could think about which would help them enhance them feeling like, hey, I am credible or hey, I am newsworthy? Yeah. So just start brainstorming what makes you newsworthy and credible. Think about if you have any new product launches coming up, if you are opening a new office, if you're making a new hire. Scandal and controversy work too. I generally (laughs) don't recommend it, but plenty of times, you know, I've seen it. If you just want to make an announcement about something, that could be considered newsworthy. Now, in terms of actually figuring out what makes you credible, which would actually be the bio piece, think about your training, your education, your experience, any life experiences that you've had, really anything that would make you seem more trustworthy over everybody else out there. When it comes to actually drafting a pitch, (laughs) (laughs) right? The way that you pitch a product versus yourself versus a company versus a software demo versus a release, those are all different. But just just to make things simple, right. when it comes to drafting a pitch to build your own thought leadership as the founder, you want to make sure that you include your bio, why you're unique, keep the pitch itself to fewer than 500 words. I generally recommend like 250 and include a bunch of bullet points about what you can talk about. And 
your subject line because that's what is going to make somebody open your email if they don't know you. Short, fewer than eight words, who you are, what type of story you're pitching for, and ultimately what you want to discuss, whether it's expert commentary, an interview, or a feature story. This is gold. This is amazing. I love this. Thank you for this like mini how-to, right? Because this can be a minefield for so many of us, me included. Absolutely. What do you say to an editor that you're pitching? So just even little things that you say, like, keep your subject line to eight words. I mean, that's, I mean, it makes so much sense, right? But how many, how many of us would actually think about that? Or, you know, keep your bio to 250 words, et cetera. But going back to that aspect of thought leadership, again, I think a lot of female business owners would think, well, I'm not a thought leader. You know, what could I pitch, et cetera? But I think what you're really showing here is that even something as, let's say, banal, right, as a new recruit or you're, you know, you're hiring, et cetera, right? Like that could be completely newsworthy if you can spin it in the right way. And then from that thought leadership side too, right? So it's almost like build on top of that, I guess is what I'm saying, right? So if we can firstly start to think, actually, what I'm doing is newsworthy if I can spin it, then what my message is is also credible if I can get to that point of confidence to put myself out there. Absolutely. The mindset piece, you have to have a thick skin if you're going to be in this game. You know, I've been doing this for, like I said, many, many years. And I've gotten all sorts of responses Mm -hmm. from the media, from a picture of a panda saying not going to happen today to an editor telling me to go F myself and everything in between. Wow. So you just have to learn how to deal with it. More often than not, you're not going to get a response, but you can't take it personally. You know, you have to go into this thinking like a business person. It's not personal. It's just your story doesn't align with editorial calendars. Maybe you pitched the wrong editor. Maybe you just didn't have a compelling pitch, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, there really is no finite way to figure out what's working and what isn't. You know, you just have to make educated guesses along the way. But the way to do that is research what editors are writing about. Follow the editorial calendars. Get to know them. Connect with them on social media. Read their stories and try and build relationships with them. It's going to be over social media, but it's going to be probably the best way to kind of cut through all the BS and start a dialogue with the right editors. I think that's a really, really, really strong point is to build relationships with editors through social media. Twitter is a great way to do it. I've, I think I've probably pitched myself (laughs) to editors, you know, at a few of the UK pubs and it's worked. Well, I mean, if we strip it back to basics, right, it all comes down to connection building and it all comes down to Every single person out there, whether we're a business or an editor or whoever, like we're all, we've all got a job to do and we all hopefully have a purpose, right? And so we want to be able to genuinely connect with, I would imagine, let's say potentially fewer editors, but do make your pitches really strong and amazing because you're relationship building versus just the, what is that term? And I think it's called the, the spray and pray tactic in PR. <laughs> Yeah. Well, right, right, right. I actually call it yeah a thousand one pitch to a thousand five thousand different media. Really, 
I mean, you can right. do that if you're making an announcement of like a new mascara launch or nail polish launch, and you're actually doing that over the wire, but doing kind of that, <laughs> you know, very um, generic pitching is pretty much right. a way to kill a relationship before you've had a chance to build it. Well, and especially if we are effectively asking a publication to publish our thought leadership, to to allow us to contribute and to put our byline into their media source, right? I mean, it's like that's a big ask. So having respect, not only for that publication, but for that editor, that journalist, whoever that you are pitching, makes a lot of sense. And something, too, that I, I want to circle back here on is what you said about not taking it personally, thinking like a business, because you're so right. Not every single pitch that we put out there, they're not always going to align with that publication or that time of year, or maybe it wasn't the right editor, like you said, but to not make it about us, to not say that, internally say to ourselves, my my voice isn't strong enough. I'm giving this up, right? Because I think like anything in business, a lot of this is a slow burn. And I always say, for example, to my podcast clients and my podcast students, you're not going to put three episodes out and make a million dollars in sales from new clients, right? Like anything, if you want to do it right, it's going to take time, but to keep at it and to know that you can always put out another episode, you can always put out another pitch, but anything worth doing is going to take that time. So do you do you ever find actually that clients come to you thinking that, or maybe students of, let's say, of your, of your course, right? Think that do kind of have that mentality of I'll put, I'll pitch five articles and I'll suddenly be an overnight success. Yeah. Especially, you know what? I got to tell you, I mean, even still to this day, I have prospective clients, like the first conversation, they think that they're going to end up on the cover of Forbes tomorrow, or they're going to get on the Today Show. And I'm like, no, not going to happen. So it's about managing expectations. You really have to be smart about what you're doing and be strategic and know that publicity is a marathon. It's not a sprint, you know, and one media hit or one media run rather, it can be a game changer in your business, but it could also not move the needle at all. And the other thing that I want to say is publicity shouldn't be used to generate sales. It's a credibility practice. It's building your thought leadership and brand awareness and recognition and reputation. It's not for getting sales. If you want to make money, you need a fully integrated marketing strategy. That's the reality. But I think that's a really important distinction. Your motivation for amping up your PR game, let's say, cannot simply be, I'm going to do this to get more sales. Exactly. And I, and again, I, and I say this to my clients as well with their podcast is we always have to think about listenership first. We always have to think about servicing our clients first. And in this instance, the client, so to speak, is the readership. And if we can bring real value through our contribution to this publication, then it kind of becomes more of like an abundant full circle thing. But like you're saying, it can't just be that strategy of I'm doing this to make more money. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. You know, I especially when I first started in the industry, I would have clients, they would say, all right, well, you know what? I just launched a new handbag collection. I expect to sell X number and I want to get into X retailer. 
And I would say no. If you want to use the PR piece as a way to become more credible and get more recognition in the eyes of consumers, as well as in the eyes of the media, this is the best route. Mm -hmm. But if you want to sell, you're going to need an email list, website traffic, social media, paid ads, organic. You're going to have to blog. You're going to have to do all these things so that you can get a customer base and the PR piece will just make you that much more reputable and that much more credible. Thank you for saying that because I do see a lot of sponsored ads out there on social media pitching PR courses from the angle of you're basically going to become this overnight household name. You're going to triple your income in a way. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being slightly facetious on this, but that message does come across. And so I think that just like you're saying, I mean, knowing that it's going to take an entire, let's say, basket of content, whether it is PR, whether it's our email list building, whether it's webinars, it's our it's our sales process in tandem with our PR strategy that is going to lead to a successful business, not simply a successful PR strategy alone. Just like we would never say, oh, just be on social media alone. Yeah, it can it can happen, but chances are it's it's much more of a uh, an integrated process or a holistic process. Absolutely. Agreed 100%. So I know that you have a course, but I'm wondering, before we get chatting about that, which I'm really, really, really interested to talk to you about, part of me thinks this is actually sounding quite complicated. Shouldn't I just hire a PR firm or do I need to hire a PR firm? I'm confused. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So no, you don't need a PR firm. No, you don't need to dedicate hours upon hours to a week to getting media coverage until you're actually in the 250 and above range. You don't really need to hire a PR firm because they are going to cost five, ten thousand dollars a month. Even the scrappy ones are 3,500 mm-hmm. a month. A freelancer that actually knows what they're doing. You're going to pay them $50 an hour. And the thing is, there is no guaranteed result. So until you are at a certain amount where you can afford to spend a couple thousand dollars a month, I would not recommend hiring a PR firm. It's a huge expense. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the bottom line. Now, in terms of time it would take, once you have the infrastructure of your PR strategy set up, Maybe you could spend 15, 20 minutes a day reaching out to the media, putting together an editorial calendar and seeing where your story can fall. But it's not going to take hours upon hours because really, as a small business owner, you and I can both attest to it. Who has the time? Right. Who can spend 10 hours a week on PR? I certainly, you know, I mean, if I was running another type of business, I wouldn't be able to spend 10 hours a week, Right. you know, on my own PR. I can't even spend that on my own, you know, (laughs) right. Maybe an hour a week if I'm lucky, maybe. Right. But yeah, it's being smart with the resources that are available, building relationships with those different media and giving them a story that they can use to make their lives easier. That that's ultimately as an entrepreneur or business owner, when it comes to media coverage, that's really your only job is to make the journalist's life easier so that they can ultimately cover you so that they don't have to you know, run around chasing their tail, trying to find all these different story bits 
to give you coverage right. that you aren't paying for. I so agree with this. And I'm thinking about this from a time when I was actually a design journalist for MyDeco and then Wallpaper.com many, many, many moons ago, early recession. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And but it, but it's everything you're saying, right? Like why you know, I would I would receive pitches and it's like, you gotta make my life easy. Um, you're so right. The, the journalists are effectively doing us a favor. No one wants a wild goose chase. And I remember thinking about that too sometimes when I I would have to go out and chase someone like that. The story was good, the story was timely. But when someone would pitch it and they didn't have they didn't have their bio together, they didn't send me a high res enough image or whatever it is, it's like, don't make me chase you. So that's such an important point to think about too, is how can you put yourself in the shoes of that journalist or that outlet who is going to cover your story. So one thing that you did say here too, going back to should I hire a PR firm or not? So what you're saying is unless you are making around 250K annual revenue, don't even consider it right now to hire a PR firm because of, like you say, it's it's a, it's an expense. You can do this on your own and it needn't take tons of time weekly. And I think that's the ticket, right? Is when we do think as small business owners or we do think about as solopreneurs, how much time we're already spending on our other marketing efforts or on our business. It's like, I don't have time now to work in a whole PR strategy on my own. I'm just not going to do it. Whereas you're saying, look, it can be an hour a week. It can be 20 minutes a week. It's more about really, really honing in and crafting something that's compelling. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You don't need to spend five hours a week researching and writing these different pitches, I would suggest to anybody out there that wants to start this process, pick the 10 most relevant outlets where your story can fit. Figure out which editors, journalists cover which beats. Start reading their columns. Take 10 minutes a day, read what stories they're publishing, and start trying to get to know them on social media. Certain times you can use Instagram, but Twitter is kind of the place where a lot of relationships are built media-wise. Mm, that's a really important point because a lot of, let's say, visual entrepreneurs, interior designers, for example, I know I've got a lot of interior designers that listen to the show. We're not so much on Twitter. We're on Instagram, right? But if you don't have a robust Twitter account, let's say, you might be turning off a journalist who's on Twitter all the time because they're looking at your Twitter account, which is barren. And, you know, again, we can't, again, about making someone's life easier, making that journalist's life easy. Uh, we can't assume that they're going to go over to our very beautiful Instagram account. When it comes to connecting with journalists, Instagram, there's usually only one account for the magazine. You actually mm -hmm. have to figure out who that journalist is and then request you know, a lot of the times journalists' Instagram profiles are private. So then you would actually have to request and then uh, being allowed to follow them and then DM them and start trying to build the relationship that way. Whereas with Twitter, most journalists are on there and their feeds are open. So you don't actually have to request to, to follow them. And uh, a lot of the times you can just tweet them and you can just tweet their articles. You know, and you don't have to have a million followers to do that. Right. I love all of these suggestions and 
all of these hacks really, right? I mean, I know that word hacks is like so overused, but these are things that we wouldn't even necessarily think about. And I know that they're going to be in your course. So for those of us who are, let's say, not at the 250K revenue point yet and can't officially work with a PR agency, work with Marquee Media uh, yet, (laughs) we can take your course. So let's talk about your course. Yeah. So I actually put together this course a couple years ago. It was well-received. Everything that I do for my clients, I teach you how to do. I teach you how to pitch products, services, software, yourself for print versus online versus podcasts versus television versus radio because they're all very different disciplines. How to work with influencers, how to get them to endorse your products for free. So pretty much is fully integrated type of, it is fully integrated. As students get access to me, I usually have two one-to-one 30-minute sessions to go over strategy pitching angles, anything that they need. I love that this course is really holistic in its offer for someone who wants to pitch, let's say even two of these different types of media organizations, but that you get all of this offer. And I love that you are actually showing up for your students in there because I think sometimes when we take courses and it is self-study, 100% self-study, we can feel like we're just sort of out to sea. Yeah. I mean, because you don't have any guidance, you don't have any feedback and all the other courses out there have group coaching components, but you know, there's 20, 30, 50 people on a coaching call and you can't get anything done with that. The other thing is these other courses, they actually only focus on building the founder's thought leadership. They don't teach you how to pitch products, services, software, how to work with influencers. It's solely for the founder. So I tried to fill the gap because a lot of times students, they do have products, you know, they may be fashion designers, beauty brands, CBD, wellness, Kristen, this sounds amazing. I know I am going to go out and take your course from Nameless to Notable. Also, I love the title of the course, by the way. I think it's so wonderful. So if listeners are as excited about taking your course as I am, Kristen, where can they find you and from Nameless to Notable and FemFounder and Marque Media more generally? So the agency is, so it's Marque.company. FemFounder is femfounder.co, not .com, but co. And then the course, everything is available on FemFounder. And then on Instagram, it's at FemFounder. And then Twitter is at Kristen Marquet. Amazing. And I have put all of those links in the show's description. So go check out Kristen and all of her. My God, you're doing so much. You're doing so many things, Kristen. (laughs) I'm just one of those people. I, you know. You like to be busy. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I, yeah, yeah. So, and I have so much knowledge. So, you know, I might as well share it with the world. Absolutely. Made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) Failed a lot of times. (laughs) You know, I just don't want people to make the same mistakes I made. Completely. Well, experience is our best teacher, isn't it? Yes, for sure. And speaking of, as we wrap up today... I ask this of every guest on the show, and I'm always so delighted at everyone's responses. Kristen, what is one thing that listeners out there can do to know they've arrived? So I think it's more of a mindset 
than mindset thing than anything. Some people would define it as running a $10 million a year business. Other people would define it as having a family and raising great children. For me, it's more about how you feel about yourself through every phase of growing your business and just owning who you are and just having the confidence to to do what you truly are capable of. It's definitely a mindset thing. I couldn't agree more. I think you are so right. It comes back to mindset with everything, doesn't it? Absolutely. Even with our own PR efforts, right? It's always about the mindset. So I think that's a wonderful, wonderful arrive tip. Thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on to the show today. I have learned so much just from speaking with you in this short amount of time. I know listeners are going to have taken away so much as well. And guys, again, go out and find Kristen's course from nameless to notable. I've put those links in the show's description. Thank you so much, Kristen, for taking the time today. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I really enjoyed our conversation. If you are enjoying the Arrived podcast, I would love nothing more than to get your feedback and for you to please leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. You can do it from your phone. It's super simple. Just search my show there, subscribe, and click write a review at the bottom in the ratings and review section. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Arrived. If you'd like to work with me to find your voice, you've got to join me over at atelierreed.com. 